Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We got a lot to talk about tonight, a lot going on that we hadn't really been able to discuss so far in the UPSL and WPSL and some lower league action that our man Harry is going to get us all caught up with. And uh, I don't know, uh, Rafa, are you feeling a little bit better about San Antonio FC after uh, the last couple results? Uh, after what I watched on last week, we let one, we let three points slip away. And like I said, we've got another rivalry game. We'll see how that goes and hopefully we can get some payback, you know, but like I said, you can't, like, not counting my chickens yet, but I mean, like I said, we'll see, we'll see. We'll give the, give the boys to be inspired to, to win one for, you know, for, you know, for the fans at least, you know, have some pride. Well, so you we'll know, see on Wednesday night. We'll see on Wednesday, another Wednesday night matchup, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, so far, though, this season, Austin really getting the better of us uh, both times there in Austin. So, you know, it's they're not gonna... even Austin. It's the state of Texas. We're O for Texas. O for Texas. Copa Tejas is not looking very good right now. But we'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, Harry, how are you doing this evening? Are you a UPSL expert? We're going to change your little tag down there from saying at Roming Cool to you are UPSL expert. Uh, well, I think uh, you know, I'm finally rehydrated after uh, the, the triple header on, what was it, Saturday? <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> I saw that, man. You're like, where's Borowski underscore Scott? <laughs> Scott's like, nowhere to be found. <laughs> Delete, delete. <laughs> no, but it was fine. I, I was glad I got to go out to uh, Old Pearsaw Park and uh, where Sporty plays and see their setup. And I like what they did from what it used to be, but it's a funky setup here. We'll, we'll, we'll stay here. Uh, they got a because um, they do a lot of seven on seven uh, matches out there. So on the field, they got a wire that goes across. So if you kick the ball high, um, kind of like hitting the. Uh, with the, the mega video or mega whatever you call it at uh, what, Jerry's World. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jumbotron? The Jumbotron. Um, you can hit the wire and it did happen. <laughs> so, Wait, so just, they have a wire running across the field? Is it like in four on four where you can't kick the ball above the waist height? Or well, what, what do you mean they by do a wire? Is they, no, what they do is they put a uh, netting going across the field. So oh. what they'll do is they'll divide the field in half, kind of like you half court in, in basketball or volleyball, gotcha. that type of stuff. So they got a wire that goes across. Um, but if you're playing the long ways on the field, you know, for, you know, for a regular, you know, to try to, you know, play it, you know, 11 on 11. It was, it was right there. The pitch. Yeah, no, I, I see now what you're talking about. I was like, man, I've never seen a wire across a soccer field in all uh, my life. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. And, yeah, and I understand from what they're trying to do. Sure. And, and, you know, like I said, I, I've checked out some of their site here. And, and, and like I said, they offer, you know, uh, weekly camps that you can go out for 35 bucks, which you know, I was like, hey, but then you look at the registration fee of 60 and you're like, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> those registration so, fees. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. But, uh, it, it was it was a fun time, and then uh, you know we did the double he- you know last week we did the double header at Samba. This week we did the double header at uh, uh, Alamo Ranch, and um, you know that was the four o'clock with the UPSL ladies. And as we all know, uh, four o'clock here in San Antonio is is the coolest part of the day. We'll say so. <laughs> Well, and you, you even commented uh, kind of uh, on the turf, you know, like that you didn't just oh. really realize the temperature difference between playing on turf and, and playing on grass and that and that type of heat. Yeah, I never have. And, and, you know, so AJ, you know, of course, picked up, you know, a friend, you know, they were out playing on the, in the fields in the back. And so me and Anna went over to play and, and you could, you know, and I was just wearing regular tennis shoes and, and I've heard cleats are probably even a little bit thinner, I guess, mm-hmm. um, especially because you're not playing with... Uh, uh, you know, you're not, you're, you're playing with what indoor cleats probably on a field like that. Not, you know, not, you know, you know, not, a, not a grass field cleats where, you know, they got the, uh, um, bottoms that, that can dig in. So, but yeah, it was, it, you know, even AJ is like, dad, my feet are hot. I was like, yeah, that's, that's the problem with turf. That's what you hear. And yeah. he's like, well, how hot do you think it is? I was like, well, it's probably what 95, 94, you know, here. So you figure their turfs, what 105, 110, somewhere around there. And a lot of times, um, man, you'd be surprised. It's really probably closer to like 115, 120 even sometimes right. when it gets really hot. And I know that just from working there with the Cowboys at Cowboys Stadium. They're old, you know, and then open it all up and everything. And 
yeah, you get some pretty hot readings. But I think, but what I liked, you know, with the with the sporty is they have most of their stuff in the evening. So, um, you know, which is nice because there's not a lot of shelter out there, and obviously, uh, you know, it's it, I don't know if you've ever been out to Old Pearsall Park, but um, it's on basically it's on the fight where they used to have fields that that kind of kind of fell apart and. You know, they, they, to me, it's almost like a mini star complex with the exception that it's, it's the turf fields and um, it's really geared seven on seven. Um, and, and I guess if you look at the sporty website, they're out of Mexico. So, um, you know, they've got that kind of basis, you know, on there. So I thought it was interesting and, and you know, especially, uh, you know, for sporty and, and you know, uh, you know, it was, you know, we have another bone to pick as far as, you know, playing Bay Bay Area Oilers twice in one day at different locations, but the teams agreed to it. (laughs) Well, every time you say Old Pearsall Park, I keep thinking about Old Town Road, and it just it's driving me crazy right now because that song stuck in my head. But that'll be the opening song. Yeah, that's like I I guess we'll have to throw that into the podcast every time you say Old Pearsall Park or something like that. So. Dude, my well, son sings that song all the time now. I'm like, what are you singing? Oh, dad. So. The struggle is real. Well, walk us through some of the some of the results and everything, man. I, I know for the uh, the men's here, uh, you know, a lot of the teams, or not a lot of the teams, but some of the teams have already wrapped up kind of their season now. So, uh, you know, we'll get yeah, into so a little bit of the playoff picture. We normally but... start off with the ladies, but this time, because the men's is pretty much done with the exception of the playoffs, the, the biggest, well, the only match in town was the uh, Corinthians. They had two of them. Uh, the first one was at 9-0 at, at, uh, at the Sporty at, at 1 o'clock. And then uh, later on in the evening at Blossom, uh, they played to a 2-2 draw uh, for, the, for that. But uh, that was good enough for the Corinthians to finish second um, in there. So uh, the playoffs, and they're actually semi going on right now. Uh, it's kind of a mixture with, with UPSL. Uh, in the heart, you've got uh, Waco and Coyotes, who's up 2-1. Uh, they started playing on Saturday, but they had a weather delay, and they kicked off uh, at 8 p.m., and by the time that we're recording, because it's Monday evening, uh, they may already be done uh, with that one there, so we'll know who advances. Um, the South has uh, the Corinthians and Houston FC. Um, checked with UPSL uh, as of yet. That match has not been scheduled, which is kind of surprisingly. It's got. I would assume it has to be done in the next couple of days. Um, and then up north, you got the Battle of Oklahoma, where you, where you got Oklahoma City and then Rain FK uh, at uh, John Kane. They're going to play tomorrow at 7. Um, so if you're, if you're looking at the bracket there, um, Oklahoma, the winner between the Oklahoma matches is going to play the winner between the Heart. And then in the South, uh, Innocentes, which was the lowest seeded, uh, lowest first place seeded team will play, will have, will have the winner of either Houston FC or... Uh, or the Corinthians for that here. Um, then those winners will then head either to uh, runners uh, or Alameda, and the runners have the uh, first seat here, um, Alameda from the south. Um, they don't have a set bracket, so it's supposed to be whoever's closest uh, by distance. So that'll be interesting depending on who wins that second round of matches to see who the runners play. And then uh, the winner of that match, the round three, uh, will play in a conference championship. Now, to me, what's kind of crazy about this, and I know it's something that I don't think the league really liked, but, you know, they were kind of roped into it with all the delays. They have to be done by the 18th. Um, So you're talking about where you really got 17 days to get these playoffs in because on the 21st, they'll be playing the winner of the Southwest playoffs um, in order to see who gets to go to uh, your neck of the woods uh, for the UPSL national uh, playoff tournament there in Weatherford, uh, Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed they're playing that at Kangaroo stadium. I think we actually had some playoff games uh, out there for Weatherford ISD. I think they do a lot of the tournament games out there. Is it really Fort Worth? Cause to me, when I looked at the map, it looked like it was a distance away. It's Weatherford. Yeah, it's 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 not Fort Worth. It's Weatherford. It's, but yeah, when they say it, it's Fort Worth, but then you look at it and it's it's probably yes. what thirty minutes, half hour, hour yeah, out southwest or... of Fort Worth or, or whatever. But that that's one thing you know. People that aren't from DFW, everything's either Dallas or Fort Worth. When it's it's really not. It's you know forty five minutes outside of that. But <laughs> you say Weatherford, I might as well say 
walks a hatchie for all that means for uh, all you San Antonio. But at least walks a hatchie is a little bit closer, right? Yeah, well, it's closer to Dallas, probably. Yeah, true than what Weatherford is to Fort Worth. Because you just go down like through Mansfield and stuff through there. Yeah, yeah, but well, so that'll be interesting to kind of see how that that playoff all all shakes out there for the uh, runners. You know, they've had a little bit of time now to uh, rest, and that's not always a good thing. I, I know Coach Rankin was kind of hoping for a, a scrimmage or something Oregon. like that to get the, the juices going back for the guys uh, before playing in their their playoff match. So if you're watching the show and, and you have a competitive team that you know maybe wanted to scrimmage against the runners, let us know. I'm happy to reach out to uh, Coach Rankin and everything and see what we can do to maybe set that up and, and get some uh, some training in there. So If not, I, Scott, and, and Ralph will have to go out there and you don't want to see that. Shoot, I had to play against Rafa's team, man. That was bad enough. Now you want me to play against the runners? Golly, first the Athenians and just throw me under the bus, Harry. Hey, I volunteered myself too. That's you know? true. So. That's true. Well, well, we'll have to wait and see what uh, what shakes up with the uh, the tournament. Like you say, we've got the uh, FC Wacos and Coyotes FC going on right now. So hopefully we can kind of find that result and then uh, – uh, the runners versus Corinthians would be a very interesting kind of derby or derby, however you want to pronounce it, here in San Antonio. You know, two teams that we really didn't get to see play each other due to the fact that they were competing in different conferences. So I think that's kind of the matchup I'm hoping for. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Where were those games take place as far as the playoffs? Will they go home and home? or No, it's a single round. Especially they don't have enough time home and home. So it would... Uh, it, from from in speaking with Mason, it sounds like that he's got uh, the UTSA uh, fields locked up, or he doesn't have the same concerns that he had last year, uh, where the school shut down um, and he had to go elsewhere. Um, he said this at least for this season, you know, for you know for this playoff season that that there's no worry with that. So as long as they keep winning, they should be hosting. Um, which is the greatest the part? Corinthians, you know, I guess that's that's the you know, I guess that's the issue they're trying to. I'm assuming that's the delay they're trying to find a stadium you'd expect, right? Because um, there's no other reason why it hasn't already been announced that you know they played at what 11 or, or you know they had theirs wrapped up on um, Saturday, but you know the the uh, Houston FC played a 11 o'clock 11 o'clock game on Sunday, so you figure probably mid afternoon. They had it. We're at close of business now on on Monday. They should have had they should have had a site already set up, in my opinion. And I think you know, it's one of the things that you know, makes you kind of scratch your head on you know from a league and, and from a team's perspective because I'm assuming this is a lot of driven by the team. Is they you know they've got to have their sites up, and especially what you're talking about, they've got what two and a half weeks to get this done. They got to start lining these stuff up a little bit you know, a little bit sooner for the Hang on, Harry. What happened? We're having IT some uh, audio issues here. I apologize. Taking on a life of... Anyways, I'm sorry about that, buddy. Go ahead. So, to switch to the ladies uh, for that here. Um, so, the Athenians played Houston Aces uh, in Houston. Uh, they lost... Uh, uh, five to two this time. It was a little bit more competitive game from the very first game that they played, as you know, my understanding um, on it. But the Aces, you know, as, as we've discussed all year, are just at, at a different level, unfortunately, over the teams. Uh, they do play um, Austin Elite, uh, FC Austin Elite. It will be played at Bold Stadium uh, this Saturday on the sixth. Uh, it's free. I know I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go up there and, and take the kids, and even the wife's coming. Uh, to go out to, to see that one. Um, they are trying to see about getting an, a, 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 an attendance record. Me and Scott kind of wonder how legitimate it is, but it's Austin where they like to make up records. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like that they have the best tacos. They just make up stats. <laughs> so, but no, I think it'll be a good time. And, and I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, all jokes aside, you know, getting together with some of the Austin Anthem guys, some of the bold supporters. I know they're going to be out there. Um, I know some of the Crocketeers may be heading up. I know Thomas, uh, you know, unfortunately, has uh, got a, a prior engagement. Um, he's heading down to a coast where he's got a deck that's being dedicated to him, so that's, that's well right. earned. So, um, you know, congrats to uh, Thomas on that. So, 
Um, but if you do have Saturday on the 6th there, uh, like I said here, they are trying to get a crowd over 2,000, which would set um, a United Women's Soccer League, um, which then next year we'll have to break it. Uh, so, uh, but I think it'd be a good time. And, and to me, you know, um, and I'm assuming this, I saw Scott's uh, Twitter message already. So I, I, I think it'll be a good way to kind of help bridge some of the, uh, Twitter fighting because I met some of the you know some of the you know fans from Austin and you know they're just as passionate as we are and um, over a few beers and you know everybody's good friends. Was um, I Twitter fighting? Not yet, but you you put out a poll that will prompt some Twitter fighting. Well, I thought um, about I should have changed that poll question. It should have been who has a better shot at Austin Bold Stadium, San Antonio FC or San Antonio Athenians? Because that might have been the better poll question. Rafa, who you taking? Who wins at Austin Bold Stadium, Athenians or, or FC? Well, I'm for two, so I think it's yeah, the San Antonio FC is going to have to wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless we get in the playoffs and play the Austin in the playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> that, that might have been the better the better poll question there uh but yeah so that's kind of so, where everything stands with the uh the women's in the the uws for the uws uh although there was one interesting things i haven't i sent a message to the athenians to try to get confirmation supposedly if they finish second they may be able to make the playoffs out of a four-team conference. Last year, there was only one team that got in on it, but I guess this year they're going to do two out of four. So supposedly playoffs are on the line uh, with FC Austin and and, uh, and um, well, the see, Athenians. So I wonder if they would just do it then. Let's say the Athenians do win and they do take the two teams. Would the Athenians then just play the Aces and the winner of that game would advance? I can't get cut, clarified. Okay. I can't. I can't they, they didn't respond back to me, so okay, I'm, not just, on, I'm not I'm not on their go-to list. I'm not the, uh, the UPSL expert. Soccer expert. we got to find another role. Where's Las Rojas? <laughs> So they're over in France <laughs> at the World Cup. So. I was just wondering if, if we need like another one of these little like pyramid things for their playoff system, or if it was just more like kind of you know. So, but I did find that interesting because all year long I'd been saying that hey, the, the playoffs are already over because Houston, you know, had a clear, clear demanding league and they're the best team. But you know, they they tweeted out that you know it's for a playoff spot, but I can't, and, and unfortunately, I can't find any confirmation on what the playoff setup is. So. Okay, cool. Well, we'll get some confirmation on so. on that for everybody um, and all that good stuff. So quickly uh, for UPSL ladies, uh, or pardon me, WPSL ladies, uh, Blossoms beat Alamo City. Uh, they play uh, TTI, which is their last game of the year, on the third. Um, and then Alamo City, you know, lost to the Blossoms, but then they also lost to TTI 4 0 um, over there. Um, in, in UPSL Ladies, Sporty beat Samba 3 1 in a pretty uh, festive game, from my understanding. So Sporty's, I think, is almost locked into the playoffs. Um, and Samba and Alamo City play uh, July 7th, I believe it is. I, I have to double check here. Uh, but Elmo, Samba and Alamo City play. I want to say it's either. I want to say it's the seventh uh, that they play with. Uh, pretty much the playoffs on the line for that one to see who plays Sporty uh, for that here. So um, for there, um, and I got to see Alamo City uh, beat Coyotes, uh, who played with. I guess when the game started, they had about seven players that showed up, but by the time the game really got going, they had ten. So the Coyotes played uh, man down all game. Um, so for it to only be 2 0, you know, that was a heck of an effort you know, by those ladies. Um, and if Adam's listening, you know, he was the AR uh, on the side that we wore. Um, he said to say the refs were awesome. So he did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess him and Kyle know each other from, you know, from back in the day. So gotcha. uh, it was fun kind of getting to chit chat with him. And he's like, hey, just say the refs were awesome. I was like, we'll do. So checkpoint that. So, so it it looks like the blossoms are basically out of playoff contention there for the WPSL. Is that is that pretty much accurate then? Yeah, at this point? that's it's the two teams over the TTI well, and on, the Royals. Yeah, and they've been the class you know class of the uh, class you know class of the division, division as well. It's um, has hasn't even been close. So gotcha uh, for that here, but yeah. So for WPSL, I don't think that you know as far as any of the San Antonio teams. Um, are going to be seeing any postseason action. The uh, UPSL women saw some postseason action, though. 
UPSL will be Sporty and the winner of Samba and Alamo City. So that will be that will be decided because the Kyrie's are already out okay. uh, for it here. Yeah, and it's seven seven four. You know, four another four p.m. game at Wheatley. Um, I don't know why they like playing four o'clock, especially on two local teams. But, to make uh, you sweat. Well, it's at it's at Wheatley too. Yeah. So to make it even worse, uh, <laughs> drive an hour to go sweat. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you know maybe I can get a press pass with uh, with uh, Coach John. Oh, AC <laughs> Coach Rexro, please, 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 please. Uh, for that hair. But yeah, and, and like I said here, so uh, Sporty is pretty much locked in the playoffs. And, and like I said here, the the second one who gets to play uh, will come down between Samba and Alamo City. So. Um, and that wraps up this weekend, right? Yeah, the seventh. So shoot, that wraps up the UPSL season, the WPSL season, the UWS season, and takes a short into the, season. The playoffs. Good job there, Harry. I, I gotta say, man, this uh, this last season, dude, you've really taken the ropes on uh, the UPSL action and, and making sure that you knew everything that was going on with that. And uh, I really appreciate it, man. Um, like no, I say, it's, it's been a, a huge help. Yeah, to San Antonio soccer as well. So I know the people watching and stuff like that, they love getting the updates for the UPSL. So thank you for keeping up with that. Indoors now. So I guess that turns it to Rafa's category where he's all experts on San Antonio FC uh, to tell us what is working and uh, what's not. Uh, not, a, not everything, not a lot of work. <laughs> it's like uh, penalty kicks, uh, passing, the field, the field crew. Oh my god, the field crew, man, that's a, that's a, that's oh. a. <sighs> I, I think that I was, com- I guess, coming into the game, you know, seeing that pitch, you know, especially for a rivalry game, you know, we want to show a good impression to the other teams, but I kind of find that a little embarrassing. Dude, it's the sandbox. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's tennis. That, yeah, that's that tennis. is the nickname of Toyota Field now. It's the Sandbox. Sandbox. That is. Well, in in Susie's defense now, so let's, let's let's give this topic the the credit it deserves. So I think everybody knows what we're talking about. I don't think anybody didn't not see the Sandbox either in pictures on TV or at the game. Um, I so, had national writers sending messages to me saying, "Harry, what the f is wrong with your field?" So the, the, the grass that they use is a transition from their winter grass to their summer grass because they have to use two different types of grass here in San Antonio for the pitch. And apparently the summer grass doesn't realize it's summer yet and is not taking off and growing. And so apparently that's been the issue because I couldn't figure out like what would cause that. I've actually well, started too researching. Wet. Course, it got too wet. So it's too hot for the, for the winter, winter grass. grass. But it's too wet, because and we haven't had like the big, the big flood storms like we normally get. It's just been that nice soft, you know, you know, rain. But that soft rain, I guess, is what's really screwing it up. Because you know, Royce is and, and Royce is who I go to on this, and I don't know his background, but he seems to know him. It's, it's a possible. <laughs> I don't know how many professional <laughs> soccer pitches he's been responsible for. <laughs> so, but. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, I mean, like, just because it, it makes sense. Yeah, I, the, yeah. The point, and, and it's not just him that says it, but you know, he's the one that I go to, and, and Larry, uh, you know, from you know, POG uh, has also, you know, kind of confirmed. And we've heard it before. It just it hasn't. To me, this usually happens March, Aprilish time frame, mm-hmm. not yeah. at the end of June, July. You know, are and not to this extent. And I wonder if that's the reason why is because. We've really kind of had a mild, mild summer so oh, far yeah, where it hasn't long. been super hot, but it's, you know, but you've had enough of the, the rains that, you know, you know, I think it's what, once every couple of weeks we're getting rains Oh, it's now. been crazy. Yeah, the amount of rainfall. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think more, I think, I think, I think for the game too. I yeah, think tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so. In their defense, it it has been like a crazy, not just with the rain and everything, but like you said, not really kind of for June, this is pretty mild compared to what we normally see. But when you've got El Paso players, and in truth, it's coming from El Paso players, but we were all there. The ball wasn't rolling straight. It was a bump. You know, it it was a bump. You know, you know, you had the the El Paso player that, that he got knocked out, you know, you know, and, and was subbed off right away. Um, you know, from a hard fall, you know, in the box and, right. and, you know, hit his head on, on, on the, you know, on the turf and, 
you know, when, when you're when you're seeing people run and you're seeing sand coming up behind them, it's just you know, it, is it was pretty it is. bad. It's, yeah, it was. Uh, you it know, was an embarrassment. I don't know how different that game is, though. You know what I mean? Like, it, did, do you think the result changes on a perfect pitch there, Rafa? Yeah, it, it, it affected a bit because you can tell some of the passes were not crisp. Uh, people were slipping. I'm they didn't have their footing. Yeah, they didn't. I'm surprised that they changed. The guys didn't try to change to a, like a like a longer cleat to kind of get more of a grip, but you can tell it was affecting them, and it, you know, just sending the ball down. You know, and like Harry said, we were watching sand puff come up every time that they would run. And it was all over the field. It wasn't just at a certain no, area. You, you, it was all over the field that you'd, you know, you could see them going from left to right, up and down. And, you know, it, it was equal play. It was it, it, equal for both the teams. The field conditions were equal for both. So you and can't. I guess, I guess my question is those with the, the style of play that San Antonio FC really plays, where it's, it's the deep ball into the corner. Does that does the pitch conditions affect them as much as say you know like a team that it works the ball a lot with the ticky tacky type stuff? You know what I mean. Well, El Paso does that. El Paso is more of a possession based team. And that's what I mean. They is, weren't able to do that this game. Exactly. So I, I just they had roles reversed this year, this this game because I noticed El Paso was trying to play more of the long ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. was playing more of the position, so. I don't know if that had to be because of the pitch. The El Paso folk, you know, it's like we can't play. Let's just go play the long ball, maybe because that's worked against us. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a different game plan from what I've seen them play or some other games. You know, for us, we, I noticed we were possessing, passing the ball more than normally just kicking it up and hopefully get under somebody and then shoot it in. You know, kind of like the little kickball style, but. Outside of the PK, do you remember any scoring chances for either team? I don't. No. I, I guess that one save from Cardoni, that, that was about it. That was the only save he made, really the save. But as far as the whole game, no one really had really good chances besides, the, like I said, the PK. You know, we had some sh- opportunities to shoot so- shots from outside. We just – that's a you know, that's a thing that I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head is why aren't we shooting from the outside? Mm-hmm. We have the players to shoot the ball from the outside. Um, the younger players like Gallegos and Ethan, are, they're not afraid to shoot the ball from outside. It's the older players, you're just kind of wondering, hey, well, you know, why are you trying to take it all the way into the box? You have the foot, shoot it, shoot it from outside. If it re- rebounds outside, someone's going to kick it back in. I think that was the thing that frustrated me is you could see them where they had that opening and they wouldn't pull the trigger and then, you know, El Paso closed it up pretty quick. Well, and we talked about, too, communication and lack or lack thereof, you know, on the defensive end between Cardoni and the back line. But, you know, I don't know if you guys saw it in the match versus El Paso, but you talk about miscommunication. You saw Billy and Guzman weren't even on the same page, you know, with some of the runs and stuff like that that they were making. <laughs> and so I, I feel like that that's not a, an issue that's just unique to the back line. But you oh, see no. other areas where it seems like there's just a lack of commun- communication where you've got two players that are just sitting there bitching at each other, for lack of a better word, because, mm-hmm. you know, they're on different pages and things like that. So, I mean, I, you, you talk about kind of the young guns versus the veterans, Rafa. It's interesting that you brought it up because, you know, I'd almost love to see, and, and maybe I'll request this from our own Chris Hawkman, but a breakdown of just kind of how some of our younger players have performed versus some of our veterans, you know, and, and I know that's going to be skewed a little bit there in terms of goals and things like that because of Guzman and the number of minutes that some of the veterans see. But I feel like in the last couple of matches, our younger players have almost performed better than what we've seen or created more chance than what we've seen from some of our veterans. Even the substitutions were kind of like, uh, we talked to Harry, we talked to Harry, we were a little kind of questionable, you know, and we're trying to win this game. And we ended up, you know, can, trying to play for a tie. Like, what are we doing? Well, you know? when Barbie got sent off, and, and yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't think that call was a deserving second yellow. Yeah. Um, he 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 embellished it. Now, whether he dove or not, that's I don't think he did. You know, I know uh, Phil Bucky on uh, from uh, uh, you know from El Paso. He was you know, he thought it was was a straight dive and. And, and Barbie knew it, and that's why he didn't put up any reaction. But that's Barbie. You know, he, he got called, and 
you know, it was borderline. I'll give you that. But I think you got to know time and place is a rough, you know, unfortunately I have to take back the, you know, good ref at the UPSL. This guy, you know, oh, just, that guy was horrible, man. I mean, that, he yeah. almost started a fight out there between the keeper. I mean, the keeper threw a hand in his face, I think, and punched the ref. And I was like, you're not going to card a player who just shoved you. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Just, it, you know, but with, you know, you could say that every week. So it's, it's, you know, it's beating a dead horse. At it this is. Point. But to, to me, like I said here, that the thing that frustrated me, you're at home. We're in 16th, 15th place. One point, you, is that really, what, what are we playing for? It's, you know, it's, you know, yeah, you got a point at home, but. It's the clapper, man. Jason Garrett. Good job, boys. Yeah, it, felt, it felt like a loss. That's that's what, you know, It's it wasn't really a win for El Paso because they should have lost that game. We should have made that PK. You know, we had other, yeah. other chances. But some of the, you know, the substitutions were kind of, I know the, you know, Barbie being red carded, you know, we had to kind of play a little bit back. But I think we could have gone in with somebody else up front, fresh legs, so at least pressure a little bit more. So you notice towards the end, El Paso was getting inside in our our area, uh, even getting by. There was one play that Akon got lucky that he didn't, or there's topping the score day and didn't get the foot on the ball and shoot. You know, that's, and so it's coming down to is what, you know, what's Powell doing as far as, what is he seeing out there as far as, you know, the substitutions, you know, are, are there the right moves? Or, you know, to this, to me, this game, he kind of made bad, you know, bad substitutes, you know, for this game. Like, for example, you know, putting in um, one of the younger, one of the other younger players um, for Pekka. You know, what can we put LaHood in? He's, LaHood has more experience. Well, and what I find so interesting too, and I remember this um, from talking to Michael Reed and stuff like that uh, back when he was still on the squad a couple of years ago, is just how much that situation has changed. Because like when Michael Reed was on the team, everybody was asking, why isn't Devin Vega in? Or Devin Vega in? Why isn't Devin Vega in? Because that's when he was our young star, you know, or whatever that was up and coming. And everybody was mad that he wasn't getting minutes. And it was, well, you know, do you think a young player like that's really earned their role over a veteran player that's in the locker room, you know, like we had at that time, just veteran players. But and, you don't have that now, though. And, you, that's, and that's, that's, that's my point, is you don't have that now, because two years ago, guys like Devin Vega weren't getting shots because they had to earn it, you know what I mean, to get on there. And now you hear that some of these younger kids are, are getting the minutes because they've earned that spot. But, uh, you know, I know Devin might have had some off-the-field issues, but you're telling me two years ago Devin didn't earn the spot? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just an entirely different dynamic now with, with the young so, talent. Here, here was the subs. It was uh, Gallegos for Pirano. So, to me, you know, hey, they're two young guys, 58th minute. You had the red card in the 63rd minute, and then this is the one that I kind of question. Um, so, you take out Guzman and you put in Ibusi. Um, so you know, you threw there. And then the one that uh, Rafa's talking about, you took out Pekka and you put in Price. Yeah, and those are two that, yeah, the the, the last two there, I don't get at all. I agree with you guys completely. Uh, I think Gallegos uh, for Parado, you know, he's been playing very well. Uh, you know, I have no issue with that similar style player, you know, as far as being able to create chances. Uh, but yeah, Boosie and I don't know, man. I mean, that would have been for Guzman really should have been, you know, Restrepo should have been for Guzman. At least get or, some legs. Well, let's, let's say if you wanted to do that, but in the 81st minute, I would have put Restrepo on for Pekka, you know, because he's, you know, he can play midfield if you want to have him, you know, have it in midfield because you've already put the defense you know, stronger with, uh, you know, with, with having Ibusi in. Yeah. You, bring, you bring Restrepo up to where if there is an opportunity to go forward, you have that. Price is a young guy. He's a defensive guy, and, and he did a good job in, in the you know, what, 10, 15 minutes he was out there. The issue is more the, the – the issue is this team – this coaching staff does not want to push the envelope for the fear of giving – you give up a goal, who cares? You lose. Who We're not going anywhere yeah. in the standing. Look at the season exactly. You're not losing any fans. So, by but by these moves here, it, it just – it, it 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 adds to the frustration of, of the fans, in my opinion, because, you know, we need points. We're at home. We can't do shit on the road, but yet 
you know, and, and, you know, El Paso came in, they played what a four, two, three, one, they were packed in the field conditions were what they were. They set back, they wanted a tie. Yeah, you could have kept that. pressing even with the man up to, to, you know, to see if you can get a late goal, to see if you can get a knock in, to see if you can get another PK. And they didn't, they didn't push for it. That, you know, it was both, it, to me, it was like a, you know, a volleyball match where, here, let me kick it over to your side. Okay, you guys ran it back down. And okay, here we'll play it back up. And it just yeah, El Paso, El Paso really did not impress me that much. Now, I, I know the field conditions were trash, and, and Rafa, you mentioned that you know they're kind of playing a different style, maybe because of that. But for them to be fifth in the league right now, or whatever they are, like when I saw them playing against San Antonio FC, I was like, this team is not that good. See, and that's the you know you scratch your head, it's like. How are these teams doing a way lot better than us? You know, and, you know, I think we have talent, you know, to play, to compete, but it's just not, it's just bonehead mistakes, you know, from the staff, you know, bad substitutions, bad for, you know, formations, bad tech. A lot of it has to do is a tactical, you know, like Harry said, we're behind in points. We have to roll the dice. It's either sink or swim you know, either get the three points or we don't get the three points. You know, we can't be settling one points at home. You know, on the road, maybe if it's a, maybe even one of the upper upper teams. But as far as the lower teams, you know, we need to be winning, getting three points from them and three points at at, at every home game that we have. If not, you know, this thing's going to be over. You know, by August. You know, oh, it'll be over well before then. Well, we don't know that yet. I mean, it's it's still a pretty tight race when you look well, at the playoffs. We're officially halfway at the year. Well, we're, we're officially halfway in the season right now. It's officially the halfway point. You know, we've yep. talked about forever. Yeah, we're only three points out of a playoff spot, but, you know, weeks keep going by, and that gap keeps getting bigger, and it's not going to get easier to close, but – there's still time to turn this thing around. I just don't know how willing San Antonio FC is going to be to turn it around. I mean, I, I think a lot of people at this point are looking for a coaching change. I don't know if that's going to happen this season. I, I know we've kind of speculated before the season started that, you know, the midway point might be a period of reflection for him. We could see something then. We could see something kind of, you know, in that month, what was it, at the end of May there where they had some home games in a row, you know, the – kind of a couple key points in the season where San Antonio FC is going to make a, a coaching change that, that that might be the time to do it. Do you foresee them doing anything this season, Harry, as far as changing coaches goes now at this point? No. And the reason why I say that is, well, today, today there were two coaches that were let go or stepped aside, however you want to word it, which is going to be the third on the year. So two in the West, Real Monarchs coach, uh, Vasquez departed and uh, switchbacks uh, uh, split with uh, Tichu, uh, you know, who was the the only manager in their four and a half year season. So both of those were let go. Charlotte let go of their coach, what I think about two weeks ago, somewhere around there, and they're two zero and one with you know their their draw was on the road to Lose City. So even that was, was respectable, and they're starting to climb back up. Uh, the thing there, but I sent a message out to five people that I respect on SAFC saying, with this happening, does that put pressure on Pal? And every single one of them said no. So, you know, and these are these are guys that, you know, that have a good, that have background, that, that understand kind of the SAFC system and stuff, um, which then I think leads into probably more uh, Scott's poll question, which I'll let him introduce here uh, momentarily, um, is, and then also the uh, interview from uh, Tim Holt uh, on uh, Behind the Stripes uh, that uh, FCAFC puts out with Preston and Luis, um, which, is a, which, is a good, which is a great show. I don't think they're going to make a change. I just, unless Coach Powell volunteers to step down, I don't, and I don't even know if they make a change in the off season at this point. I, I think, you know, just if you listen to the interview with Tim Holt, it makes you wonder, it makes you wonder about some things. I'll just leave it at that. Well, it doesn't um, make you wonder about some things. Uh, we've been wondering about some things for this whole season. Like, are we a professional franchise or what exactly is the identity of 
San Antonio FC. And uh, as you kind of uh, alluded to there uh, with the most recent Behind the Stripes podcast uh, where they sat down and, and kind of interviewed Tim Holt, uh, I was able to get through about mm, 15, maybe 20 minutes of it uh, before I had to turn it off because, you know, it was the same stuff that you've heard. And, and I guess my issue is at the beginning of this season, and we talked about it on this show, Tim Holt looked at every fan, whether it was at the Crocketeers supporter group, season ticket member thing or whatever, whether it was at the uh, the painting thing in the tunnel before, you know, when we were getting all fired up for the season. This is our year. We expect results was what he said. No excuses. We expect results this season. Your results are you're currently 15th. You just had a chance to sit down and talk about where you guys are in terms of San Antonio FC, the things that you've accomplished, what your plan was, and you want to talk about things about how you're ahead of schedule on the social media end and brand recognition. What about on the pitch? You haven't you haven't advanced, you haven't gotten any better on the field, you haven't done anything differently this year than what you've done the previous seasons. So what was all this bullshit at the beginning of the year about we expect results this season or else? Or else what? You're going to go give Coach Powell a stern talking to and put him in timeout for five minutes? Get the fuck out of here, dude. It's bullshit. If what you're going to do is sit there and stick to your coach and everything and become this academy team, which those are his words. He talked about the things that they've gained through their academy program and the development and all of the progress that they've made, which I agree with. But when the star performer of your San Antonio's football club is your academy program, you have a problem. What do these academy kids hope to grow up and do? Play for San Antonio FC, their city, who's currently sitting at the bottom of the table? Or learn and grow and continue to develop? Say thank you, San Antonio. Adios. And that's why I say we still do not know what the identity is of San Antonio's Football club, which is why they don't have a, a nickname, Harry. If you yeah, that bothered me. <laughs> I knew you were going to take issue with that. That bothered me. The other thing, or oh, go ahead, Rafa. Yeah, another issue, like we mentioned, Scott, about the accountability and you know, not making changes is also change, making changes with the roster. You know, you know, there, I'm sure there are players out there that we can bring in to make a statement to the other players. Is I'll give you a perfect example because we actually play them. For the U.S. Cup, it was the Laredo Heat. Uh, I was reading into them. They let go eight of their players because they weren't getting results. So they made a big splash to motivate the other guys and say, well, you know, everyone is expendable here. You know, and if, if it's, it's kind of worked for them a bit, they're still in playoff contention. But for us, I think we need to do is go out there, find some players to challenge these guys and make it more competitive, all right? Either you're going to be sitting on the bench or you're going to do something. But I think you're, I think you're seeing that though. I well, I think you're, you're seeing, seeing that, but not the way that you're thinking. Because yeah. I, do you think Lane's coming back? I don't think he is. I, I don't with some of some yeah. of his, some of his, some of his ending. Didn't Barnby when he leave kind of have that Chris Tearpack walk off, where he just took the jersey off and just hightailed it to the locker room? And and I know he was right there in frustration. I expect him back, but to me, I saw, I saw Chris Tierpak do that same thing, where he took his jersey before he left the pitch and walked off. I said, "Fuck it," and and he just didn't have that. You know, you could just tell he was like, "Okay, that's fine. I'm done. I'm done. No arguing about the call." And it was a fifty-fifty call, you know. But what they're doing is they're instead of bringing in, and we talked about this the last show. Last show. Instead of bringing in quality USL players, they're promoting they're they're promoting from the academy, and they're using that as a hey, this is a success. But I don't see it as a success because you're trying you know it's great for the local kids you know that aside, but we're trying to win games in the USL Championship. We're not USL League One. We're you know we're we're a you're a Division Two team. The other thing that struck me. And, you know, I don't want to take him out of his words, but he mentioned that he wanted to help promote San Antonio players, not necessarily San Antonio FC. And he kind of self-corrected him on that. I don't know if you caught that. 
He said, we want to do great for San Antonio FC, but more important for the San Antonio soccer players, which then turns around to lead. You wonder what's kind of behind door number two, because there's got to be something behind the door that they're not telling us on why they're not investing into this, in, in, into this team, in my opinion. Into their um, professional team, into not into the academy. Team. In the academy, they're doing a great job. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're 10 out of 10 uh, on that. But there's, there's some uh, disconnect that's happening right now. And I don't know, you know, I think you got a little bit of insight from, from Mr. Holt that, you know, as you mentioned, the, the, the academy is, seems to be their priority over the first team. And you got to kind of wonder why. And, and you know, like I said here, you, you know, it's, there's a team that's coming up the road, MLS in 2021. They, they have not announced any affiliations. And I know we give shit to RGV. I've always wondered this because, I, I, you know, I've been around since the Scorpions. I've been around with Mr. Hartman. I've been in the meetings with him where it was just, you know, us, you know, a few of Crocketeers, a few of Bear County casuals going way back there. And he's and, and Mr. Hartman said from from Mr. Garber, the MLS, you know, commissioner, that only San Antonio or Austin is getting a team, not both. And, and I know Garber's, you know, hey, I've never said that. I believe Mr. Oh, Hartman yeah, Garber. <laughs> eight years ago, nine years ago, when there was no expansion battle where it's at that time everybody knew it was austin or san antonio it's been that way for that time and i'm sorry i still think and, and this is my tinfoil hat you know uh, for it here right you know i got it right here now my, my <laughs> that i do believe that it would not shock me that you're gonna see san antonio and austin somehow come together and it's gonna be more so that way ssne can still keep Austin and San Antonio together and still keep a portion of that relationship together. You heard it here first. Being being part of the Broccoli FC. The Broccoli FC. I don't know (laughs) if it'll happen, but... (sighs) You just wonder with the setup. Like, you just have to wonder with the setup because, you know, the way that they've developed the academy program, and like you say, they've done some great things there. Coach Evans has done some great things there. Tim Holt's done... And I'm sure Coach Powell's done some great things there. But... What you told us as fans is completely different than, than what you're doing and then what you're doing and what and, and your whole path that you're trying to create for this thing. I mean, it just it frustrates me to no end, because if you're going to sit there and, and Tim Holt's never really done that before, you know, now I know every coach and every owner is going to say, hey, guys, this year we're going to do it, you know, yay. But it just felt a little bit different. It felt like they were serious, like they meant business. They wanted results. People were going to be on the hot seat this season. They weren't happy with the way things were last season. Now, it seems like the only people on the hot seat have been front office people because their social media presence is awesome. The highlight videos are getting better. Like like you said, they're they're ahead of schedule when it comes to brand recognition, which I will agree 100% on. But if your biggest concern is where you guys are in terms of your schedule for your brand recognition... I mean, I, I've never ran a, a professional franchise before, but yeah. you know, usually I thought the point of having a professional sports team was to try and win trophies, but I guess I could be wrong. Well, winning games and trophies is your brand recognition because you look at the look at the the top teams. You know, Real Madrid has got 13 championships in the in the Champions League. That's that's recognition there, but they earn the social media recognition because of that. You know, no one cares about Everton or I mean, what have they won as far as, you know, UCLs or that? It's what you do as far as winning championships. Now that's something that if you notice, like an MLS, like the LAFC, you know, they're, they they want to make a statement to be the best team in LA. You know, they're in first place and they're, and they're, you know, conference, you know, they're really shooting to, you know, that, I think that's what we're not doing. We're not making a mark. You know, if you were going to, like, mention about Lang, you know, why else? You know, he's just sitting there on the bench not doing anything, or if he doesn't want to be here, let's get some players out that maybe do want to come here. And make well, I, think he's, I think he's hurt, and I think this – to me, this comes back in, in – you know, I put it on, on, on my Twitter, and it's something that I don't think anybody will admit to. Them re-signing Billy Forbes – 
was their first huge mistake this season. And I know Billy's great in the community. I know, you know, he's great. But you already had Lang in his position. Lang and Billy do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you putting him on the other side, it didn't work because you brought in Gomez. And then, you know, unfortunately, Gomez got hurt. But why, why would Lang come back? And I know, you know, you know, I know we've heard that there's rumors that 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 the locker room isn't the greatest thing with Coach Powell as far as for his communication, and I just have to wonder if you know if if it's something along those lines with with Lang where you know he's he resigned after being you know you know the the it guy from from last season coming in late doing really well to you know you know a rotational with with Billy Forbes who. If you're honest, you know, if you take away, you know, his, 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 his positive personalities, you know, his history with San Antonio, what has Billy done outside of the first cutback goal against Phoenix? What has he really done? He hasn't. He hasn't done it since he's the last time he was here. That's two, uh, two seasons ago. And he didn't do it in Phoenix. He had he, the one goal against, against Phoenix at the start of the season. And, he, and, and I like Billy. He's a great guy personally. And, and Coach Powell's a great guy. And, and you know, I, I hate sounding like all negative against him. But when you're looking at it at as a team and, and what's making it work, you, you just kind of wonder with bringing him in with all the, you know, with, with all, the, all the players that they already had in his position, because Barney plays that position too. That's, mm-hmm. that's where his natural position is. Mm-hmm. You just well, – and- you know, I, I, I like I Coach Powell, too, too, but, you know, Coach Powell's probably, probably cut a kid, kid before, you know, and told him, hey, man, it's, it's just soccer, you know, like it's nothing against you as a person or anything like that. But I guarantee you Coach Powell's had to cut players before. And, you know, so if he were going to get cut, you know what I mean, like for not performing, he should be the first to understand it's nothing personal, that it's just about performance. and what you're doing on the pitch. So So you asked the question, Scott, do you think he goes anywhere? I think they write it out, man. I I think at this point it's evident. I think if they were going to do it, there's been more than ample opportunities to do it already. And you haven't done it yet. I I don't know what it's going to take for them to change. Obviously the decline. This is the last window. This is the last window. If they're going to make a change, it's going to, it's going to depend on the result here. I think they need the three points. I think a tie or a loss, I, I think Powell should be gone personally. Oh, a tie or a loss. The another. question is, will will they do it? And nobody believes they will. I think it's going to take maybe a, a real serious loss. I think like a 6 nothing, 5 nothing loss. Nah, but we've we, had those even already. I mean, not 5 or 6, but 4-0. I mean, yeah. They were at the Open Cup match. They were, they were embarrassed off the field. See, that was, one, that's where it should have been the final shot yeah, there. You'd think so, and that's why I say at this point. He he really did not, you know, show any emotion on that game. He just didn't care. He just had his hand like this. I'm like, motivate your team. You know, he's not – that's what I see. He's, I don't know if he's at the type, you know, that kind of, hey, get, you know, get in in gear and so forth. And or then in the locker room is where he fires him Yeah, up. I think to me the players are pretty much giving up on him. And they just don't give a crap. Well, you saw Guzman's goal celebration where he ran over there to uh, Coach uh, Racina. Yeah. So that. that I mean, that to me right there, if that doesn't say enough to you when your leading goal scorer, your head forward, or whatever you want to call him, is celebrating with your assistant coach instead of you, that to me says something. So the, here, and, and like I don't know, this is what if I was Coach Powell, this this is what I I would do. Because I, th- I think he's going to run into a position where, because he's the technical director, as we found out, and the coach. If you continue coaching and te- technical director, at some point they're going to cut you both off. So if you can say, okay, hey, think, and, and like I said, it would it would take a big big set of balls to do this. Say, hey, the team isn't working for me. It just you know I need to step back. Let's see if somebody else. Because I think everybody agrees the talent is there. You know, you know, at least on paper, the talent is there. Now, why isn't gelling? That's, you know, that's our the, that's roster the is no different, different than any other USL, USL roster, basically, yeah. in terms of talent. 
so but if he if he can step back and let coach marcino or or whoever step in you know you know, Car- you know i'm assuming coach marcino would be would be the logical choice for sure. to see what he can do for the rest of the year um then it may save his job as being the technical director and then you can kind of review hey you know is it you know we're on pace with the academy which is the priority we've got to improve the on field let let me step back so that way i'm not wearing two hats i'm only wearing one let's give coach marcina a chance see if it turns around because typically a coaching change there's 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 a slight bump see if we can start get some positive momentum to overcome you know there, there's no denying san antonio's had shit luck this year it's you know just with the refs injuries and, and stuff like that to see if you can kind of turn turn the ship around if not he could be out of both and and like i said here you know you know i don't know if he'd have the balls to do it that would be one way to still maybe kind of save face and and see if you know because no offense to Coach Marcina, but you know all of us that are wanting him remember him coming in in 2014 and taking us to the title. Yeah, that was five years ago. <laughs> he did all right in Rayo. He made the playoffs. Didn't really win anything, and that was another shit job. Um, he did okay in Des Moines. So, but he's you know let's see if he's still got it. If he if he's got that magic, um, you could still you know Coach Powell could still have kind of his thumbprint to kind of help. Hey. This is how this is how I have it, but in the locker Marcino, room or on the practice field, where he seems to excel. So I think that might work, and and to me, you know, obviously it seems like Coach Marcina has a great relationship with with the team. To see if you can kind of capitalize that and see to see, hey, was it Coach Powell, or if it wasn't Coach Powell and it's just you know you know the players that they brought in just didn't work, then that's a, that's a whole separate discussion because. Your two top players that you brought in, Didich is in uh, Edmonton, you know, uh, playing in the Canadian Premier League. Lang has been out for three, four weeks, you know, with, with an injury, and hopefully he gets healed. But I don't have no confidence that he's coming back. He isn't as active as he was on social media here in town. So just, to me, that that's that would be kind of a way to see if he can buy, buy his job, you know, because at, at some point – it's got to come to head on, on, on coach Powell, you know, you're either going to cut him off from both. And then if you do that, you're taking a setback on the Academy, you'd think, right? Cause if he's, if he's the technical director, doesn't he also help control that? Well, then, then there, you know, I think you probably move up Nick. I think Nick's done a great job with that. Oh, yeah. if, I if, think that yeah. probably be the logical choice is moving up Nick you know, to that position. But or it also depends if they do, do bring in someone new, you know, what direction, you know, what vision they have as far as, you know, with Academy and also with, with, the, with the first team. So it's, it's, it's kind of like Pandora's box, you know, we don't, we don't know where it's, what's, what's going to happen or we're going to end up getting. But I think this off season is, is, a, is, will be a very interesting one when it comes to Austin FC. I, I think because, they're they're a year away from starting they haven't announced it you know they've got a young academy that they're starting i think oh nine oh ten somewhere around there so they're they're building a couple years out but you figure they're going to start signing players um at at some point uh you know they got to hire a coach first but they've got to they've got to have some sort of affiliation or something to go through and as we speak today, I highly doubt that's the bolt. Yeah. I, just, I, I don't, you know, unless, you know, and I know Epstein seems to be on the surface trying to be uh, a little bit more. Yes. I saw, you know, online that he took out, hey, we let, we support soccer on, you know, MLS and, you know, all of the leagues. And, 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 you know, to give him credit, you know, him hosting, you know, FC Austin Elite at Bolt Stadium um, and not charging anybody, you know, to come in or park, you know, you know, I think it is a good olive branch to start, but, you know, short of something changing major, I don't see Austin FC and Austin bold. You know, I think, I think we have a, you know, 90% chance better of being the second team or the, the hybrid team uh, to Austin FC than, than, than the bold does. 
Well, you've heard our conspiracy theories this evening. I got my tinfoil hat. We got tin hats. We got we got homemade shirts. You know, it's just a, it's been a kind of an interesting episode of the uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable uh, tonight. But let's wrap this thing up as we always do. A very crucial match on Wednesday there at Toyota Field against Austin Bold. Uh, the first of a few now coming up. Uh, we got that one, and then Cardiff, and then Orange County, and then before we've got another regular Saturday night home game, but uh, Rafa, give us your uh, your final thoughts for this evening's episode. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward for Wednesday's game. You know, it, it's pay, it, the guys are going to get some payback, you know. Or 0-3-1 and in the uh, Copa Tejas is like, hey, you know, have some pride in. Let's, let's get one back at least, you know, especially from those guys. and At home. You know, yeah, maybe hopefully, like I said, this will be a jump start to – maybe a push hope you know you just i guess i guess they were hoping and praying that it does but you know every week we kind of come in saying saying that for the you know the last few weeks for that but hopefully that's what i'm predicting i think i think we get a win a close one i think we get one maybe a 2-1 win it'll be a fun it's gonna be a fun game oh yeah it's gonna (laughs) here's here's the question is cardonian goal he hasn't been yet. You're going to have to. I mean, if he's Powell's worried about his reputation against Restrepo. Because you know Restrepo is going to be there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm opening up Photoshop right now. Harry, you just gave me an idea. <laughs> I mean, I mean this, is, this is a game that you need points. You know, you're not going to go with a backup, maybe, you know, for, for U.S. Cup. This is a league game. They've did it before. That's, I mean, if, I don't know what he's afraid of. If he, if he's gonna be because he he's proven wrong that all oh, I got rid of the wrong keeper. This is not the game for that. Yeah, I think it, and you know what? It's not even that. That's kind of I guess the other thing too that kind of irks me sometimes when people get upset over Cardoni versus Diego. It's like it's not like we let Diego go. Diego blew up at a fan on Twitter and basically yes. said, "Go fuck yourself. I can't wait till I'm, I'm not here next season. Good luck." Bye. And everybody's like, well, why do we get rid of Restrepo and keep Cardoni? Because uh, he basically said, F you, San Antonio FC fans. I'm out. Bye. There's your reason. There's, there's no secret on why he left. Brief, brief history lesson, just in case people forgot that. Because yeah, it seems like they it's, have. It's, it's, but that will be my, an interesting matchup. My final thought is also SAFC related, but something that we didn't touch base on. SAFC... You're down, I believe from my count, or from my understanding, three season ticket representatives for it here. You're coming up to the most pivotal time of the season where you're talking about renewals. Kind of circling about how, how things aren't looking good. To me, this is this is a, a, a red flag for that as well here as far as, you know, you know, I understand if you're given other opportunities and, and I expect that position has a high turnover, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but to have three leave mid season or, you know, in mid season, right, right before you're start, you're starting your, your season ticket renewal push. Cause that's going to be coming probably what July, August timeframe generally. And you're going to bring in new, 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 uh, new reps. And then, and like I said, San Antonio's got quality workers. It's not that, it's that it's that trust that you got between your ticket rep and and, and through there, that's got to be quick fixed quick. And from my understanding, there's been some season ticket members that have been weeks, if not a month or so, without a season ticket representative. That's something that you got to do better on. Um, I you think know, I gotta on, ask on, for a new season ticket rep. Like, do you call these people up and just like shoot the shit with them, or like I don't even know the name I of my season ticket rep. Them. I, 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 I send oh, messages and, and stuff like that. It's, it's you know, like you know, Andres used to check with me every month, and, and I don't know if it's just because I'm so loud and and you know I'm not afraid to <laughs> say something. Obviously, as you can see tonight, I'm not afraid to say stuff that's on my mind, and I'll do that on social media. Now I won't you know, add them directly, but I've gotten calls and saying, Hey, I saw, we saw your post. Is everything okay? You know, blah, 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 blah. So I do know that even if you don't tag them, that they are looking, you know, you know, for here. And if it is something that catches their attention and, you know, nine out of 10 of it's, you know, you know, it's Harry, you know, just, you know, let him go. 
Um, <laughs> He'll settle down tomorrow morning. <laughs> no, nobody responds to Harry anyways. No likes, no nothing. They, everybody's got him probably muted. Oh, it's Harry. Mute, mute. Um, <laughs> so, He'll bitch uh, on the round table and then get over it. It'll be okay. Now that you mentioned that, I don't know if you got an email for the about the STM meet, the, meet the team day from July 11th. Oh, I didn't see that here. Did that just come out today? Or? Yeah, that's on July 11th at the main event entertainment from 7 to 10 to RSVP for the, S- for the STM Meet the Team Day. Oh, nice. So, but to me, that's something that, I know it's something small, but when you when you start, to me, it's the, I'd rather lose season ticket, you know, the representatives at the beginning of the year when season starts. When you're getting this time here, you know, you know, and I know Miguel does a great job, um, but you, you know, you've got to have your horses lined up so that way, it's already to me, it's already going to be challenging enough with all the the bitching that you hear from from people on social media about, hey, do I really want to invest in you know in, in other season tickets? It's already going to be hard enough, let alone starting out with somebody brand new that that's new to it and and doesn't have those that relationship and that history. So, but. Uh, that's my final thought uh you know like i said here and in the final thing here please you know i know it's up in austin um but you know if we can go out and support the athenians um you know like i said it's it's the last you know well it's their last regular season game uh for it here and like i said here they do put out a, a good product and you know i know austin I see austin elite up in austin's you know very active like uh uh, the Athenians are so I think that could be a really great rivalry um, and especially where it's sandwiched in between the third place and the, and the final of the Women's World Cup uh, going up there and I do know if you check out the Athenians um, at one of the Sankitos theater they're going to have that third place watch party for t- you know seats first come first serve um, at I believe that kicks off at 10 o'clock so um, you know it's it's something that uh if we can go out and support, I know it's what ninety minutes away, uh, but uh, I think it'll be a fun game. Well, there you go. We got another uh, edition of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. So I'm just looking forward to uh, seeing you guys out there at Toyota Field on Wednesday. And you know, it's like I, I think I enjoyed hanging out with uh, Coach Rankin a little bit more than what was going on on the field. Uh, that last match. So sometimes. It's funny. I got up and left because you said, "Hey, I want to go sit down." You never came back down. <laughs> Wait, I left my friend Otanis was meeting me over there for the second half. And I felt bad because I just left him sitting over there the whole time. But, you know, that's what yeah, happens when you get to talk in soccer sometimes. Coach Rankin and, you know, I got to spend some time with the Alamo City coach, uh, Rick, here. Both of them are class acts. And, and you know, with John um, at the UPSL level, you know, like I said here, I really like, you know, the coaches that we have, uh, you know, in the area. And unfortunately, I don't have uh, much communication with uh, – uh, you know the the uh, the uh, uh, sporty uh, you know and uh, uh, Corinthians um, don't really have much of a relationship with them as of yet. But uh, I do know that you know if if you are a young uh, young soccer player that you know aspires to go to college or you know in college looking for uh, a team to play, um, you know you know they do treat their players fairly well. And, and like I said here, it's, it's, you know, I'm proud of what they've done in this first year and, and hopefully going forward, uh, next year will be a little bit more stable in the UPSL. And we'll definitely talk about that a little bit more, you know, in, in one of these off season podcasts or, or something like that. So, uh, definitely still going to be some, some UPSL news and, and stuff like that. And, the great thing about lower league soccer is before you know it, the fall season will be starting. Yeah. So we'll be doing it all over again. But uh, Rafa, hi Harry, thanks for joining us and joining me tonight and everything. This has been another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We out.